You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. I know I do. I enjoy going and looking for new places. I enjoy going back and seeing family. And one of the things that I learned as you prepare for a road trip is that my dad taught me you always prepare the car. So he would wash it. He would vacuum the inside of it. He had armor all out. And he, I mean, the, the car was spotless before we leave on a road trip. And he'd make sure the oil was changed. And then, of course, hey, he would go and fill up the vehicle, which now you need a small loan to fill up our vehicles. And then, of course, you have to have your road trip food. For me, I love peanuts and beef jerky. My boys give me a long list of things that I need to pick up from the grocery store anytime we go on a road trip, mainly of junk food. And then you have to make sure that you find good places to stop for bathroom stops, which if there's a Bucky's, it's like our car automatically just goes right into Bucky's. And not only do we use the bathroom, but it's going to end up costing me an arm and a leg as we have to get our beaver nuggets and ices and coffee and all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, this was just supposed to be a simple little bathroom stop and it cost me an arm and a leg. Well, today we're going to see a road trip that Mary and Joseph take. We're continuing our series called Christmas Through Joseph's Eyes. And we're going to see that Mary and Joseph take a trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Uh, starting at verse 1, it says, At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. Verse 3, All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census because Joseph was a descendant of King David and he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea. David's ancient home, he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was now expecting a child. Now, when I go on a road trip, I normally get excited because, uh, because I'm thinking, you know what, this is vacation, this is going to be fun. Uh, but when Joseph and Mary went on this road trip, this was not a fun vacation. This wasn't going to Disneyland. This wasn't going to Colorado. Uh, th this wasn't uh, something that they were going to enjoy. Because when they had a census, that meant that he was going to be charged taxes. Joseph was going to be charged taxes. And so this isn't something that he's going to get to be around. Hey, I'm excited. I get to be around family. No, he was going back. Census was going to be take, taking place and he was going to be charged taxes. And so uh, when, uh, when the emperor's man went into Nazareth and said, there's going to be census, you guys got to go back. Joseph knew automatically that it was going to cost him money. Continuing reading in verse 6, it says, And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger 
because there was no lodging for them. Now, it's important to notice or to, to know this, that Mary didn't have to go on this journey. She wasn't required to. But I think Joseph wanted to take her to protect her. I think that was one of the reasons, because there was riots that were known to take place around censuses because uh, people didn't like paying taxes and there was, uh, people would get angry and they would get frustrated. I also believe uh, that he had this holy nudge. And this holy nudge, I believe, was to fulfill prophecy. If you look at Micah 5, 2, it says, But you, O Bethlehem of Etheroth, are only a small village among all the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distant past, and will come from you on my behalf. So there was a prophecy that said that Jesus, the Messiah, uh, would be born in Bethlehem. Now, you see Epirath there because there was two Bethlehems. And this one was the one that was close to Jerusalem, this small little insignificant village. And it was predicted many, many years before that Jesus would be born here in Bethlehem. So Joseph and Mary, they take this road trip uh, that was between 60 to 90 miles. There was two routes. There was the fastest route that went right through Samaria that many Jews avoided. And there was one that avoided Samaria that was the longer route. Now, it's important for us to realize that this trip would take about four to 10 days. It was not an easy trip, a lot of up and down. Uh, you went up hills and then you went down hills. Uh, it was, uh, some scholars believe it was cold during that time that they traveled. And so that would have made the, the trip difficult. And so, again, this trip, four to ten days to travel uh, up and down. You also had to worry about wild animals. Archaeologists actually have found signs that warned about wild animals, uh, lions and bears. And uh, then you also had to worry about bandits and thieves, people that if you were going by yourself, that they would uh, try to rob you. And so many times they went in caravans uh, just for protection. And then it's important to realize that when you're going on a road trip, we, can, we tend to stop at any place we want to, such as Bucky's, to get our little food, or there's fast food restaurants. Well, back then they would have carried their food, so they would have had wine skins that they would have packed their water in. They would have taken bread and some other things for their meals. And again, this had to be enough to last four to ten days. Now, many people suspect that Mary rode a donkey, or a wagon. The text doesn't say that. We suspect that because Mary was very, very pregnant, and we can't imagine her walking that distance. And so just imagine being very, very pregnant and walking 60 to 90 miles up and down, up and down, and, and how difficult this must have been. I imagine Joseph had to be nervous about the birth itself. I mean, he's about to be the father uh, of Jesus, the Messiah, someone who's sinless. And, and, and then on top of that, you have to go on this dangerous uh, road trip with your very pregnant wife. And, and on top of that, it was going to cost him money to pay taxes. And then in Mary's time, women died in childbirth. Uh, it, that was very frequent. Uh, the, so the trip that Joseph and Mary were making was filled with, uh, was a frightening, uh, was filled with frightening possibilities. Now, in a lot of Christmas plays, uh, we have an innkeeper that says, there is no room for you in the inn. But scripture actually doesn't say there was an innkeeper, and the word can mean upper room in a house 
or a guest room, meaning that there was no room in the guest room. Uh, again, hospitality was important back then, and so it's hard to imagine that some family members wouldn't have taken Joseph and Mary in in some capacity, especially when you have a very uh, pregnant wife. Uh, some people suspect that Jesus was born in a stable or a cave, uh, because again, we see a manger. Uh, but it's also important to realize that in the main room of the house, uh, that many of these houses, they had a little base room where they would take in animals. Uh, we might pretend like it was our garage, uh, a, a lower area, that they would take in their animals at night. And then sometimes they had a manger or a, a feeding trough there that their animals would come and feed in the middle of the night. And so it's possible that, yes, Mary and Joseph weren't, uh, uh, wasn't able to be in the guest room, but she gave birth into this main room, and they put Jesus uh, in this little trough, this feeding trough. Well, it's not exactly clear in Scripture, but I think it's important to realize that that's a possibility. Now, imagine if you're Mary, and you're giving birth. There's no hospitals like we have today. It's not the most sterile environment. She's away from her family. She's possibly with some of Joseph's relatives. And imagine if you're Joseph, for the first time you get to hold Jesus. I know one of the best experiences of my life was holding my three boys. And one of the things that I would do is I would count their hands, their little fingers. I mean, it just was so fascinating. Their little toes. And, and my heart just filled with joy. And so I want you to imagine if you were Joseph in the first time that you held baby Jesus. Now, I want to get a little devotional with you for just a few moments. We've been using a little book called Faithful by Adam Hamilton, and, and he write, wrote some words that really made me think, and I, and I think is important for us to kind of, kind of think about. He says the situation that Mary and Joseph faced is what often happens in our life. At times, we find ourselves on journeys that we don't want to take. Sometimes, as with Mary and Joseph, the journeys happen because of someone else's decisions or actions, in this case, the emperor. The journeys may be painful, and we may find ourselves brokenhearted and deeply discouraged along the way. We may even think that God is punishing us or has abandoned us, but God promises, uh, promises to sustain us even when we walk through the darkest valleys. God uh, tells us to, to, to give us to give him our burdens, and that he can make beautiful things out of our heavy burdens. Throughout scripture, we see journeys that people did not want to take, and much of the Bible is about God using and working through these journeys. For example, uh, there's Noah and the ark. Abraham and Sarah were uprooted uh, from retirement and sent by God to the promised land. Uh, there was Ruth and Naomi grieving the loss of their husband. Daniel was thrown into a lion's den. We see story after story of people's lives that were uprooted, that they went on a journey that they necessarily didn't want to go on. And mo most of the really remarkable people that I've met, uh, the people who have had an impact on the world, have went on journeys that they really didn't want to take. Have you ever been forced on a journey that you didn't want to take? It may have been your parents' divorce, divorce or your own. Maybe it was an illness or the loss of a job. Maybe it was the death of someone that you loved dearly. I'm not suggesting that God caused all of these things to happen or that it was God's will. But I do know that in the midst of some of our darkest valleys and through, or through some of those uh, 
those journeys that we don't want to go through, I know that God works through those. And he can bring good and beautiful things in those dark valleys, in those broken times, in those times of pain and heartache and disappointment that we face in life. And I think Joseph and Mary discovered that even though their journey was unwanted and even though their journey was hard and difficult, we saw that God worked through it. All of us go through journeys that we don't want to take. But in the midst of them, if we open up ourselves to God, we can see God's hand leading us. And we can find, when you find yourself in unplanned and a, in a difficult journey, we have to recall the words of Isaiah, who was writing to encourage the Jewish people during their difficult journey in exile. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Isaiah, or Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 to 31. It says, have you ever heard, have you, ever, have you never heard, have you never understood, the Lord is an everlasting God, the creator of the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak. He gives power to you. He, he, he gives and strength to the powerless. Even youth will become weak and tired. Young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I was recently doing a study uh, with one of our men here, and we were reading in this little book that often we pray that God removes the difficulty in our life instead of uh, praying that God gives us the strength and the patience to get through. I, I want to encourage you that if you're going through a journey that you don't want to go through right now, realize that God is there with you and he's working in the midst of that journey, whether you realize it or not. 